Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following episode of Mark My Words has been edited for this rebroadcast. You're listening to Mark My Words here on the Life Coach Radio Network. This is Mark Shaw, and I'm broadcasting live from New York City. I'm a certified life and business coach, and twice per month I host Mark My Words, which is a life coaching-oriented show where I interview various people with inspiring life stories of overcoming adversity. I also speak with authors of great coaching-related books and programs, as well as many others who have great things to say. So tune in the first and third Sunday of every month. Tonight's episode is about fatherhood. It's about being the best father one can be. It's about forgiveness as a path to success in fatherhood. And I would actually like to dedicate tonight's show to my dad, Herb Shaw. Those of you who know me know that my dad has been living with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's dementia in a nursing home for the last two years. And the truth is, we don't know, due to recent changes in his health, how much longer he's going to be with us. He may hold on and stay with us for a few more months, and he may not. We really just have no way of telling. But his decline is quickening recently, and I thank the hospice care folks for the wonderful job they're doing taking care of him. He deserves it. He took care of my brother and me, and we've grown into the men we are today. So as he prepares to transition out of this life, I just want him to know something. Dad, I want you to know that you've done good. You've picked the perfect mom for the two kids you had together. You have two beautiful granddaughters. You did everything you were supposed to do as a dad, and then some. Things weren't perfect by any means. They never are, which I guess means that that's pretty perfect. I love you, Dad, and I just want you to know that you've been a great father, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. I wish you peace and comfort in that, Dad, and I love you very much. And I dedicate tonight's show about being the best fathers we can be to you. Tonight's guest is Claude Safel. Claude is the founder of the Braveheart Institute. The Braveheart Institute is for men who want to be better fathers, and Claude works with fathers who have uncertainty about their parenting choices. Claude was one of my coaching students, actually, and has been a, it's been a joy to see him grow from his first day in class to become who he's become today as a coach in this particular area. So, Claude, thank you so much for being here tonight, and welcome to Mark My Words. Thank you, Mark. I'm really happy to be here, and uh, it was a beautiful acknowledgement to your dad. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and like I said, a, well, a well-deserved one. So thank you for that. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it's kind of ironic, actually, that this is the evening that we're doing this topic since his health took a turn so recently. So it's just kind of interesting, the synchronicity with which things happen. Um, so. so, Claude, um, 
tell me, tell us a little bit about what made you decide to get into coaching to begin with. Well, <laughs> like a lot of people, I had a, a long, circuitous path to finding my passion. Um, I'm 53 years old, and I've lived a very rich, full life. Uh, I've been married for 30 years, and I have two grown daughters. And <clears throat> I was primarily in the construction trade uh, my whole adult life. And it was part of the raising a family plan. And uh, the empty nest came, and uh, my body was starting to break down from climbing ladders. And, and so I looked up one day and I said, is this, am I, is, it, is this really my life purpose? And what do I do now? And I've always had a uh, just sort of an innate talent, if you will, to connect with, with people, particularly men. And one thing led to another, and my wife said, hey, look at this, you know, life coaching. And when I started to read about life coaching, it really started to define me. And so I took a major leap of faith, and, uh, and, and here I am. I, uh, I closed down my construction business and opened up the Braveheart Institute. Wow, great, great. And then, and then I showed up in your life. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. And you showed up in mine, for which I'm, I'm uh, delighted. So, so tell us a little bit, why this particular specialty? Why this niche of, of, of men who want to be better fathers to their children? Well, that's an uh, excellent question. Um, <clears throat> since you are a coach, you know, but for the benefit of uh, listeners, um, the modality of coaching itself, it matters not what the client does for a living, what gender, what age. A good coach can meet that client right where they are and help them unlock the doors that they want to unlock and mm -hmm. move forward. Um, but I will say this, being in construction for my whole adult life, uh, I was immersed in a very masculine world. And it, 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 uh, in a sense now, it's kind of a hidden world um, mm -hmm. from today's society where, where men really are, they, they deal with each other on a much more base level. And... So that's that's the world from where I came, and when I when I got into coaching, I really saw that that I hate to use the word market, but that 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 demographic of, of people in this world are really underserved, and I knew that firsthand. Um, and to take this a step further, I wanted to work with men who had a major lifestyle commitment, and who would that be? But most fathers. Uh, I do not call myself a, 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 a parenting coach, or uh, I certainly am not a child development expert, but what I am an expert in is helping any man who wants to be a more effective and more uh, powerful father, I can help that man get there. Great, great. Interesting. So um, actually, before uh, I ask you our next question, I just want to remind our 
listeners uh, that they can actually call in and ask any questions uh, this evening that they would like to ask. Uh, the number to do that, if you're interested, is 646-716-9397. That's 646-716-9397. And uh, you'll be instructed to press 1 if you want to answer, if you want to ask a question or make a comment, and that will alert us to pick up the call for you. So uh, feel free to do that, and we'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts, and your questions throughout the show. So, uh, great. So, Claude, I know that um, before we get to the specific area of forgiveness and how that relates to the work that you do, um, tell us what what are some of the most common parenting choices that the dads you work with uh, are are uncertain about? Well, I, I, I would sort of just tailor that question just slightly to mm-hmm. it, it, it's not so much the specific uh, particular of you know junior wets the bed or or, or junior's doing bad in school or those are universal. Mm-hmm. What what is at the root of why my clients find me is and what I what we discover is that they really don't know who they are at their own core. And what that means is that even their principles and their own value system is still ill-defined. And I'm talking about adult men. And Mm -hmm. when that's in place, when that's true for a man, every parenting choice that comes across his bow begins with, uh, uh, with, with hesitancy. So what I, really what I focus on is helping a man. The first thing we do is take the, the issues with, with the child or children and just sort of hold them off to the side for, for a moment and help a man reestablish his familiarity and his own definition of his, core, his own core principles, who he really is, or what I like to think of as his unalterable self. There's just a few things about any man that's just – truly unalterable. It's just who you are. And and I'm startled by how many men are just not really in touch with that part of their masculine identity. Hmm. Why do you think that, is, that they're not in touch with that? That's a good question. Uh, and it's it's different for every man. Uh, mm-hmm. I think but that... But the common things that prevent us as men from really being in touch with that core? I guess that might be a a better way to look at it. Yeah, well, I think that uh, I don't want to go into dangerous territory, but I, I can I, I can make one connection, and that is that there was, there's an historic phenomenon in the last 30 years or so where, for the first time, men really stopped uh, their number one principle or, or, or guiding principle was to teach their children to be successful in and of itself. And a new element sort of came into fathering, and that was, I want my children to be my friend. And that started to blur the lines of, mm-hmm. you know, a man even just thinking in terms of every choice I make with my child, you can, what I assert is if you look at it through the lens of what is the long-term benefit for my child or project, how will this affect my child when they're on their own? when they're functioning adults in the world many years from now. Using that as a guiding principle is much more sound place to come from. 
uh, it takes a lot of your own, a man's own feelings that may come up in a lot of parenting choices and a lot of confusion. It's like, okay, hold on a minute. This is making me uncomfortable, and that may just be my own un, you know, discomfort. But if I step away from my own feelings and I look at my child today and I imagine them at 25, 30, 35, what skill will they need that I can impart right now in the moment in this parenting choice? And that's a great orienter and helps to take a man out of the emotion of being in the moment with his kids. Uh-huh. So it's really about being proactive instead of reactive. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and one of the ways to be proactive is to think not what what uh my child will think of me right now, but what would how will my child be a better person and a more functional person as an adult? Mhm. Yeah. Great, and and I know that when when you and I were talking uh, over the over these last two weeks, um, one of the things that you said that relates to that um, is uh, about a lot of your work being about teaching dads to lead from who they are rather than from who they're afraid to be. And I kind of see a connection between that and what you're talking about here, because I think when we're being reactive, we're leading from who we're afraid to be. We're leading from our fears um, as opposed to leading from who we truly are. And it sounds like you're talking about really making a powerful choice to lead from who you truly are and who you want your kid to become. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and with the with the anyone who's ever raised a child to adulthood knows there's no controlling your child. <laughs> it's really right. uh, ultimately um, giving our best, and and then there's a certain amount of letting them go. You know they have their lessons to learn. So, but sure. but I, yes, well said. Yeah, great, great. So um, I'm so the the the, the, the men who find you generally. Um, you've told me they generally have not reconciled the stuff with their own dads and that not making peace with that, like perhaps not making peace with some of the parenting choices that maybe their dads have met that did come from fear. Um, And uh, they've not made peace with that and that that holds them back from being the best fathers that they can be. Um, can, uh, can, Can you comment a little about that? How does oh, not oh. reconciling their own stuff with their own dad prevent them from being a powerful dad? Sure, sure, I'd love to. Um, l- l- let me just back up a little bit. Most men mm-hmm. who find me, and and usually in the first session, I will I'll I'll ask them, how do you define yourself as a dad? You know, how, how do you define your fathering? And invariably, and again, this is the men that find me. This is not true for all dads, but the, the mm-hmm. men that, okay. And invariably, I get a version of this. Well, uh, yeah, I don't really know, but I do know one thing. I won't do what my dad did. Mm. And I hear that a lot. And, you know, in, in, in the coaching language we call it a default position or in other words it's rather than this is who i am and this is what i will impart to my children it's this is what i don't want to be and uh, i guess i'm guessing what i want to impart to my children mm-hmm. and it's really ultimately doing your child a major disservice because they don't have a clear 
picture of who you are. I, I, one of the things that, that um, while I don't give advice in, you know, inherently as a coach, um, there are some things that, that we just come to naturally. And, and one of those things is the greatest parenting tool, particularly for men, is not what you think it is. It's not how much knowledge you have about parenting. The mm-hmm. greatest tool a man has to, uh, to be a father is to walk his walk. Mm. Your children are watching, and it's those things about how you live your life that has the lasting impression on your child and the most impact. So that's why I make this such a, a, a key component to my work with, with, with dads is let, before we get to parenting questions, well, let's make sure that you're squared away really with who you are. And I've, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and it works. It's really quite amazing because it, it sounds sort of it, – it's hard to enroll a man into, but what about junior? But what about the bedwetting? So hold on, hold on. It's amazing what happens when, when I go through – and it doesn't take very long, Mark. It doesn't take very long. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we really go through the process of a man defining his own terms and his own standards and his own core beliefs, mm-hmm. all of a sudden – the dozens of parenting questions that he had coming onto the sessions with me start to answer themselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what happens. I have another analogy. Uh, let, let's, say, um, let, let's say that your child is wetting the bed and he's older, you know, and it's becoming a problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... You go to the bookstore, and by the way, I'm a strong advocate of get help. <laughs> you know, something mm-hmm. there's no shame in that. Sure. So imagine, you know, a dad's got a child that wets the bed, and he goes to the bookstore and he goes to the children's, you know, section, right? And 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 there are all the authors on 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 parenting tips and techniques. Great. And he goes and he finds the first book he finds, and he opens it up, and he goes to the the Bed wedding section, and the first thing he reads is from this author is always blah 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 blah, and he closes the book and he puts it back on the shelf and he goes down and he finds another you know child rearing expert and he pulls the book out and he goes to the chapter on bed wedding, and he reads and the first thing he sees is never blah 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 blah. Okay, so mm-hmm. you know, we, in other words, we we look hard enough, we'll find conflicting advice. Right. What I want right. to help a man when he walks into the bookstore, when he picks it up and he sees the advice that 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 defines where he's coming from, that resonates with him. That's what I want for all men. Mhm. Great. And then you know whether Great. it works or not. Okay, and then we move forward. But there are never any regrets from that place. You're coming from who you are. Mm-hmm. So how does not making peace with your own dad's parenting choices that maybe have uh, left you feeling hurt 
or have downright been hurtful. Uh, you know, we know that, that unfortunately that happens. Um, uh, how does making peace with those things enable a man to become a better father for his children? Well, great. Um, and, and it's not a simple answer. It'll be the bulk of, I imagine, the rest of this conversation because um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of components to it for sure. Yep. Um, so the first component, I, I, in a sense, I've touched on, and that is what I have found is that men who come to me with with fathering questions and uncertainties, so many times I, I discover, or it's uncovered, that he holds dad, his father, at arm's length. Uh-huh. And when we get into, you know, well, what's up with that relationship with dad, uh, he brings out a laundry list of, of poor parenting choices <laughs> on, on mm-hmm. you know, from his father. And by most metrics, I would, you know, I agree with them. Yeah, you know, dad beat me. Dad uh, never showed up for me. Dad, yeah, I get it. And and so there's such a an electric scar there that a man will hold that off. Now here's the problem, and this is now coming back full coming back to your question. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, for better or worse, good dad, bad dad, missing dad, whatever you want to call it. Well, not maybe not missing. Uh, your father is the singular most impactful masculine icon that you will ever have. Mm -hmm. So if you're not at peace, and I use that word intentionally, if you're not at peace with your relationship with him, there's a big chunk of your identity that's not at peace with itself. Mm -hmm. So... Now you trans now, the, and and you know a father and, and son relationship is, is a very powerful one and a very meaningful one. So now it's the same link from father to son. Now son being the dad who comes to me, he's either extremely proud and has a deep well to draw from from his dad, or he's terrified of making the same mm-hmm. mistakes his father made. And that's sure. what causes all this hesitance and all this uncertainty. And the child loses in that environment. Sure. I, I, I'm also guessing, Claude, I mean, just one of the things I know as a coach is that, um, you know, what we resist persists. So the more we try to avoid things and the more we try to live our lives with these in-order-tos on them, right? Uh, I do this in order to avoid that. I do this so that this doesn't happen. I do that so that doesn't happen, right? We're focusing on all the things that we don't want. We're focusing on all the things that we hope don't happen. And then, of course, because of the law of attraction, those are the very things we attract into our lives. So I imagine that by by being at peace with those things, by letting go of some of those things, uh, and making the peace that you're talking about, uh, it allows it allows a man to, uh, to to no longer focus on those things, and therefore be able to consciously choose what he wants to attract into his life, and um, be able to make conscious fathering choices. Yes, uh, and it, and and it's even. It's even more direct than that. Mm-hmm. So, 
in other words, let, let's this, uh, I, this is from experience, Mark. I, this is not I'm not making this up, or I wish it was true. This is from countless men that I have I have worked with mm-hmm. who have the issue of dad left the house, dad left home, mm-hmm. and left a mark. And I know a lot of men who, in that position, who said, and I, you know, who use words like "I had to become the man of the family" or "I had to become, you know, uh, ultra uh, uh, independent" at way too young an age, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a deep resentment that dad left. Now, fast forward. This is the same man who holds dad in such disregard and disgust, and in, really in judgment. Mm-hmm. And those men invariably repeat the same mistake, and they don't even and they don't see it coming. Right. And they wind up leaving their families, and they build all sorts of different scenarios and excuses. Well, it's really not what Dad did, but it is. It is what Dad did. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of danger and there's a lot of murky water here in not embracing your father for who he was as a man. The, the the good and you know the not so good, equally important. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. So, if I if I may, Mark. Here's sure. the, so here's the to me a tie-in to forgiveness. When I get to this moment with a client, with a you know, when I'm working with a dad, and this is and this is his scenario. You know, he's he's not at peace with dad. Mm-hmm. And I broach the subject. Invariably, the man will say, I won't forgive that son of a gun. And I counter with, well, making peace with dad doesn't necessarily require forgiveness. And just find a way. And sometimes it's incremental. Sometimes it may take a long time. Sometimes maybe it's just like me pulling a plug on something, a cork, you know, and boom, and it's over. I don't, you know, it varies from man to man. But the word forgiveness, when you're in that kind of pain, is a, is a, is a, it has a real charge to it. And sure. a man will dig in with, with well, it's not, it's not just with me. He's digging in. I won't forgive that, you know, what he did to me. Mm-hmm. And so finding a, another a way to unlock that door uh, is the job. And mm-hmm. when when I make the connection with a man that here's the motivation, like it or not, without resolving this, you're going to pass this along to your children. It's going to show up some way, somehow. And even if, like for example, you, this man doesn't leave his children, it'll show up in other ways, like being fearful. Like being fearful of being left. And now, sure. you know what I'm saying? That there's lots of permutations, lots of ways that this manifests and shows up. Sure. So, um, actually, before we continue, I just want to uh, invite callers again uh, to call in if you have a question or a comment. 646-716-9397 is the number. And be sure to press 1 if you want to ask a question. Uh, there is a caller or two on the line, uh, but you've not pressed 1, so I realize you might just be listening to the broadcast by phone. But if you do want to ask a question, be sure to press 1 uh, so that we can 
we can pick you up. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, forgiveness, a very charged word, uh, you said, Claude, and, and I think that's, uh, that's a very a good point because I know that when I work with my clients um, and the topic of forgiveness comes up, um, there's often some work that's needed for somebody to really understand what forgiveness truly means. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure you hear, you hear with your clients, as I certainly do with mine, uh, there's no way I can forgive so-and-so for what they ever did, like you said. And it's, um, if, if we think about the, the definition of forgiveness, you know, we, we, it's always been said, forgiveness is not for the person that harmed us. Forgiveness is for us. It's our own letting go so that it doesn't run us anymore. Um, and that carrying resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die from it, right? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know mm-hmm. think about anybody that you resent in your life, you know, whether it's your dad or anybody else in your life, you know, somebody who dumped you, somebody who, you know, let you down in some way, and you're resenting them for the rest of your life. They've gone on, and they're doing just fine. Our resentment doesn't really <laughs> affect them at all, <laughs> you know. Right. But uh, it affects us. It eats away at us. You know, right. uh, and certainly what, you know, what we know as coaches in our training is the, the effect that those kinds, of, uh, those kinds of emotions have on our body, on our psyche, and our ability to be successful and happy, uh, you know, in the world. So that's really about why forgiveness is so important. But it's really hard to get people to that point when it's a really bad hurt that they've experienced and to take responsibility and let go and stop blaming um, so I imagine that specifically with the kind of work you do, that comes up much, much more frequently. Um, and I know that through, through our conversations, um, we talked about how you don't really use the word forgiveness in that way because of the charge that it has, and you kind of work around that uh, with your clients as a way of ultimately getting them to that point, but in a more circuitous route. Am I, am I correct in my understanding of that? Well, yes, that you are correct. And in the end, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but in the end, when a man is on the other side, it's forgiveness by any other any other name. But the word right. itself is, is is I find is not the launching point when there's so much hurt involved. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for people to hear that at that point. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I so want to hear actually. True Mark, I was just going to say what, what, what's true. I, I know that um, you know I work with with dads, uh, but some of this is certainly crosses over to all sectors. And and you know what's I, I just wanted to address that quickly too is that um, forgiveness. You know, one of the things that I do with my clients, and I and I would do this with any client, male, female, is first establish. What's at stake here? What's at stake here? So, you know, one of the things that we talked about already is that when I'm working with a man who is a father, well, one of the things that's at stake is the very thing that you came to me for. What's at stake is you're not making peace with dad is hurting your children. And very often that as a motivator will begin the process, and the man will be willing to dip his toe in the water and say, well, all right, I'm willing to talk about it. Let me see. You know, um, So that's another reason why I, I, I like working with, with fathers is because they're already brought to the table what's at stake, and it's their, their, the well-being of their children. 
But that's true right. for, for, for most people. I mean, job one is, okay, why would I even go there? And you, you mentioned uh, it's true. As coaches, we now know that you know, science has caught up with what human beings have instinctively known since we crawled out of the cave, and that was that if we carry fear, resentment, etc., it starts to take its toll on us physiologically. You know, mm-hmm. and, and now science is, 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 is linked it to heart disease and inflammation of the joints and blah, blah, blah. And so there's, there's the personal, you know, there's the immediate. But I work with dads, so a lot of times they're willing to forego their own personal um, well-being but not their children's. Yeah. And so the motivator is pretty powerful. Sure. Sure. So you get them in touch with that so that there's the buy-in for them to really do the work of moving forward. Correct. That's Great. Right. Really important. Really important. Yep. Yep. I also talk, Mark, and this, this is all, it's all interconnected, but I also talk uh, about uh, a man's uh, journey with his father continues until you die. Another word, or, or another way to put that is your relationship with your dad continues to grow and evolve, even if mm-hmm. dad is gone. Sure. Absolutely. So at every, you know, that, for example, you know what, go ahead. What I'd like to just do actually is I just want to pause for a second and uh, and, and we'll, we'll pick up with that uh, when we return. But so time for our little commercial break. So hold that thought, Claude, because actually that's a yep. really great one. And I do want to pick up with that uh, when we come back. Mark My Words is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio, you'll get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And there are some great titles that relate even to tonight's topic. Project Fatherhood, a story of courage and healing in one of America's toughest communities by Yordia Leap. Yordia co-led a support group of men struggling to be better families in Watts, South Los Angeles. These men, black and brown, from late adolescence to middle age, come together each week to help one another answer the question, how can I be a good father when I've never had one? Project Fatherhood follows the lives of the men as they struggle with the pain of their own losses, the chronic pressures of poverty and unemployment, and the unquenchable desire to do better and provide more for the next generation. Although the group begins as a forum for them to discuss issues relating to their roles as parents, it slowly grows to mean much more. It becomes a place where they can share jokes and traumatic experiences, as well as joys and sorrows. And then there's Wisdom of Our Fathers. Lessons and Letters from Daughters and Sons by Tim Russert, narrated by Tim Russert and others. This book is for all fathers, young or old, who can learn from the men in these pages how to get it right, how to understand that sometimes it's the little gestures that can make a big difference for your child. For some in this book, the appreciation came later than they would have liked. But as Wisdom of Our Fathers reminds us, it is never too late to embrace it. 
From the father who coached his daughter in sports and life, attending every meet, game, performance, and tournament, to the daughter who, after a 15-year estrangement, learned to make peace with her difficult father just before he died, to the son who came at last to appreciate the silent way his father can show affection. Wisdom of our fathers shares rewarding lessons, immeasurable gifts, and lasting values. And now back to Mark My Words with certified life and business coach, Mark Shaw. We are talking today with Claude Safel. Uh, and Claude is a certified professional coach, founder of the Braveheart Institute. And he works with fathers, men who want to be better fathers uh, to uh, their children. And uh, the number to call to comment or ask a question of me or of Claude is 646-716-9397. And we really would like for you to call in and tell us what your thoughts are on forgiveness um, and uh, how uh, forgiving can really be the path to moving ahead or how not forgiving can, can hold us back. Um, any thoughts, anything you'd like to share, any questions you have for us, we'd love for you to call us at 646 716 So please call in and share your thoughts with us. So, Claude, you're talking about, um, before we broke there, that you said that um, our relationship with our fathers uh, continues to develop and continues to grow uh, even after he dies. Uh, so let's, let's pick up from there. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, uh, while I don't like to make things about myself, I, just to put some skin in the game, I, I'll give you my own example. Um, my yeah. father died uh, – relatively young he was 53 uh, as a matter of fact hmm. that's a whole other conversation i just passed him i just turned 53 so it's a kind of a strange feeling um and significant actually what i'm about to say mm-hmm. uh when when i was 19 20 years old um there there's the appropriate time to for a son to break away from dad right and mm-hmm. go out and test the waters, and, and I don't need to, you know, don't, don't tell me what to do, and, 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 and that's appropriate, and a very natural, you know, hormones kick in that, that provide you with the impetus to get out, and that's very um, common. When you get to your 30s and you start having children of your own, you start to look at your father looking back, or if he's still alive, that's great, but either way, when you start having your own children, you start to view your father in a different light, because now you're seeing the world through the lens of what your dad had seen when he was that age and having children. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, your relationship with your dad starts to shift a little bit, primarily because you, you now have a different perspective. Sure. When you get into your 40s and your, your career is doing what it's doing, whatever, you know, good, bad, don't matter, uh, you start to look at your dad again, you know, in a different light. It's like, oh, I see what he was up against or, you know, whatever it is, compassion or, mm-hmm. or resentment, whatever it is, but you, it starts to change. Um, whether your father died young, and in my case he did, um, my dad's been gone for 20 years now. Um, my relationship with him continues to evolve as I hit plateaus that he hit, that he had to deal with. And so all of a sudden now my view of the world, and particularly looking back at my dad and how he handled things 
starts to change. I don't look at my dad the same way as when I did when I was 19. I have more empathy mm-hmm. for what he, his choices and, and what he went through. So that's why I say your, your relationship with your dad continues to evolve, even if he's gone. And that, this is an important time, an important point when I'm working with, with fathers who, have, who do not have peace with their own dad, and especially if he's dead. And they think, well, shoot, he's dead and buried too late. Well, hold on a minute. Maybe it's too late, maybe it's not. But there's certainly a continuing cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that, you know, as you grow, you're holding on to or, – or look, look, at it, look at it another way. You're, you are blocking a very valuable resource. You know, mm-hmm. the mistakes that your father may have made, and we all, we all make them, we're all human, are mm-hmm. also valuable learning tools. Sure. You know, the mistakes that my dad made are, are examples of, oh, cool, okay, I, wanna, I don't have to do that. I don't have to make that mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, and I, and I realize now we're, we're, really, we're focusing on forgiveness, and there's a, there's a lot of negative, you know, the negative aspect of fathers and sons, but... I mean, the positive is is so alarming to me in that, uh, or, or the dichotomy. When clients come to me with parenting questions, dads, I can tell in the first ten or fifteen minutes of conversation that he does not have anything out with dad. I can I can just tell by the way he he handles himself, much more mm-hmm. self confident, much more assured, and much more sure of who he is. Mm-hmm. It's really, really clear if you're looking for it. So sure. there's a lot of stake sure. for not dealing with this. Yeah, absolutely. I brought back up to something you said before about you know we get to those points in our lives where we where we start to look at uh, we start to look at the world from our dad's point of view a little bit from when he was at that point in in, in his life. And yeah, I, you know I see that all the time, and and it's interesting just as I. Um, as I begin to reflect on my dad's life and my relationship with him over the years that, you know, at this point that he's at in his life, um, I see so much of that. And, you know, my dad used to travel a lot uh, for work. He traveled all over the world. Um, he worked for, uh, for General Electric as an international locomotive sales manager. Um, so he traveled, I mean, every country on the planet, you name it, he's, he's been there. And he would travel for weeks at a time. Um, you know, sometimes it was a couple of days, and sometimes he'd be gone for four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. Um, and uh, I, you know, I always kind of just took that for granted. That's what a dad does, right? And now that I travel a lot with my work, um, I don't travel for the lengths of time that he did, but I feel like I travel about as as much, um, you know, as, as many as many trips in the course of a year as he took. Um, and I I do start seeing it from his point of view, and I start to to realize even more um, how how awesome that makes him because I find it stressful and and I mean not stressful in, in that I don't enjoy it because I, I you know as you know I, I love what I do and I also really enjoy traveling but there's a stress associated with being away from home repeatedly when I'm not in my own apartment you know for as much of a week or maybe a little bit more at a time uh, you know just doing a lot of that traveling it takes a bit out of you. And I cannot imagine what that would be like if, you know, what it must have been like for him to be doing that with a wife and two children at home. Mm. You know, and I get that now because 
wow, I don't know how I would do that if I was married with kids. Um, and how incredible it is that he did that. Or the fact that he commuted into New York City from North Jersey, a one-and-a-half-hour commute every, each way, every single day. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, again, right. I took for granted as a kid. And now I right. look at that, and I'm thankful I don't have to commute like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I did, that would be such a drag. And I know people that do it every day, and I give them such amazing credit. So I can really relate to what you're talking about and really seeing, um, you know, how, how awesome uh, my dad was in managing his life in a way that, you know, that served and provided for, for his family. And I think that's mm. probably the easy part for us, to, for most of us to see. Uh, the second part of what you said, that's where it sounds like there's some real meat there uh, with, with clients. Um, and that's about looking at the things that dad did that weren't so good and right. asking ourselves, what's the lesson? What can I learn about being a dad? And right. I'm imagining, Claude, there's a fine line between, between uh, how do I want to put this? A fine line between living your life as a dad in order to avoid doing the things that he did versus living your life as a dad with knowledge and power from the lessons you learned from those things that he did. Yes. Right? Yes. It's a great point, Mark, because the line is fine. It's very Mm -hmm. fine. And and, and if you don't, like, take a look at it, you could ignore it your whole life. Right. but, But the flip side is the cost. The cost is really high. So, yeah. for example, it, it, you, you, you are – your life is a warning or an example to your children. So if you live your life, for example, in this case, fearful of making the same mistake dad made, right? If that's your, where you're fathering from, your kids don't get the lesson – your intended lesson, which is, woo, I didn't hit my kid today, uh, what they get is fear. Right. That's what they get. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be fearful. That's, that's normal. That's, 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 the way, that's what it looks like living life as a man today. Mm-hmm. That's your child's takeaway. That's a serious yeah. cost. Sure. Sure. And then the child. That's why I open this conversation with you know. We kind of. I just want to go back to it for a second. That's why I open this conversation with. Walking the walk is is your greatest parenting skill. It's your greatest tool. Second only to everything. Every choice that you make regarding your children can't be about the moment. You have to consider what is their long term takeaway. How right. what what skill or, or or you know survival success skill will this translate into when they're a young adult? Yeah. So on a personal standard note, and and, and I don't want to you know I, I, this is not about right or wrong. I don't mm-hmm. I don't hit my children, okay? And 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 because I believe that hitting my child, they're in the mo in the moment. It worked. They stopped the behavior that they were doing. 
What I believe, though, for my children was that the long-term result was hitting other people at, from an emotional place is an okay way to be. Right. And I don't, I didn't want that for my children. Sure. No, absolutely. Again, they, they learn from what they see. They yep. learn from what we do, not from what, not from what we say, right? Um, right. And because uh, we say one thing and do another, you know, it's our actions that, that, that speak louder than our words. And, and you know, it must be so it, – it's amazing. I mean, I see this in clients in, in, in all realms all the time, how, you know, somebody will say, I don't want this to happen and I don't want that, right? And yet everything they do is generating exactly that. Um, like you said before, <laughs> right. you know, I, I, my dad, my dad left when I was young and blah, 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 you know, and then boom, they end up leaving. Uh, their yep. families as well, and yep. it's 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 an amazing process to have somebody have the aha moment that they're doing that. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. It 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 amazing is is there's lots of adjectives, but it's extremely profound when that yeah. happens. Extremely. Yeah. And then a lot of times it, it, it causes a lot of grief, a lot of sadness. Mm-hmm. The one, you know, the very thing that I was trying to shelter my children from, I'm doing. I'm inflicting on them. It just was yeah. in a different wrapping. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it. That hurts. Sure. But, you know, I don't want to scare away clients. But making that discovery is profound in that, and this is, this is the, the root of... Life coaching, one of the one of the largest tenets, as I see it, always putting the client in the land of choice. Mm-hmm. And just because you did this for X amount of time up to this point in your life, you have a choice. Yes, and that's that's the other buy-in. That's mm-hmm. please, you know, if you're in this place, call me because you do have a choice. You're not doomed to either following in, you know, the footsteps of, of bad advice, you know, or bad parenting from your, of yourself. You're not. You're not. Mm-hmm. You have a choice, and that's what we do as coaches. I'll speak for you as well, Mark, is put the person, the client back in that, that, power, that more powerful place of I have a choice. And yep. as a coach, I can help you find the strength or whatever it is for you to make that choice, the, the more mm-hmm. empowering choice for you in your life. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's and, – and yes, you can speak for me on that as you did because I agree 110%. It's – you know, we, we live our lives out of choices that we made a long time ago. Mm. Um, you know, it's like how many of us would, would knowingly let a five-year-old run our lives? <laughs> Very few of us, I can imagine, right? <laughs> but without realizing it, it's what everybody is doing on a daily basis. We are living out of decisions that we made when we were five about how to stay safe in the world, about how to be approved of in the world, about how to not lose love in the world, about how to get love and approval in the world, right? And it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, you know, for me, I see it with my clients all the time. Um, I see it when I coach. Um, even when I coach 
I, I coach a lot of graduate students um, on careers, and uh, it's amazing when I see them making choices about their career that they're going to sometimes, sometimes, not always, but sometimes they're going to be unhappy with down the line because they're not choosing from a place of passion and what they really love and what they really want. They're choosing from a, either a very real or a perceived expectation that they were going to choose a certain career path when they grew up. Mm. And, and that was somehow either instilled in them very, very young. You know, sometimes there are families that raise their kids and it's like, you know, you are going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, or you're going to be this, um, or I'm not paying for college, right? I mean, when I worked in higher ed, I, I counseled so many students that were in that kind of situation. Um, but then there's also just, you know, values, certain values that get uh, handed down to us. Uh, about things, about money, about prestige and career and what careers are acceptable prestige-wise and, and which ones aren't. And, and we choose based on those things instead of what, on, on who we really are and what we really want. And that's what coaching is all about, is really uncovering what's the true you at the core underneath that. What are your desires? What are your gifts? What, do you, what impact do you want to have on the world? Um, and those aha moments are really beautiful, too, when somebody gets in touch with that and starts making those conscious choices. So I even see that in those realms, and that's what it sounds like you're talking about is the same journey that somebody finds as a father is that, you know, they're unconsciously, they're making choices about how to parent that they made when they were five because of how they were parented. That's and right. they're not making conscious, free choices today when situations come along. They're not choosing in the now. They're choosing from the past, and it sounds like, you know, your, your application of this process is to help fathers choose in the now from moment to moment instead of choosing from the past. Well, right, with, the, with, with just the stressing uh, the now in the moment, uh, who you are, your core, not mm -hmm. what others have, have uh, applied to you or, you know, That's right. what Dr. Spock says or, you know, all, all the advice books. No, no, make this choice today in the best interest of your child coming from the place of who you really are at the core. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's an interesting term, the best interest of the child, right? How many times we hear that term thrown around when that's really not what's being done? Like, you know, you look at people who are going through a divorce, and they're battling with their spouse, and their defense is, well, I'm trying to do what's best for our child. And no, it's mm -hmm. not. No, you're not. You're trying to win. You're trying to win what you want. You're on your own agenda, not the child's agenda. And again, when the person comes to that realization and they really start choosing in the best interest of the child, they find that everybody wins, including the parents. Yes. Can we um, can we get into that for a moment? Sure. Um, it's just straying off forgiveness, but I, I know we only have a few minutes left, and, and I, I wanted to um, sort of talk to – the women who are listening to this call and, and kind of bring them into this conversation. Sure. Um, and, and just in, in a broad stroke, I'll say this to all the moms out there that uh, who, who are in a, in a long-term relationship with, you know, with the father of their children. Um, and that is the benefits to, to you are exponential. Uh, being married, having a man who is the father of your children, who really knows who he is at his core, a lot of wonderful things 
start to happen that affect the woman in this scenario directly. One of the biggest ones is a man who really knows himself stops questioning his mate's mothering mm. and just leaves it at, I picked you, you're the best you know, uh, potential mom for my children, and I trust your judgment. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, what, is, what does dad know about being a mom in today's world, or yesterday's world for that matter? Not much. Sure. So, sure. you know, the, 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 a man who really knows himself at the core, the whole family wins in so many ways. Sure. Well, I one of the things is that dad has a whole lot. See, one of the things is that dad has a whole lot less to be afraid of. It's only a few right. things about him that are that can't change. That is like really who he is. Everything else is open for conversation. What yeah. a relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think I think what's going on there is is fascinating. It's the whole thing about you know having to be right. Right? Mm-hmm. When we're in fear, we have to be right and we have to win. There you go. And in order to be right, somebody else has to be wrong. So mm-hmm. if somebody comes along, like the mom, and she has a little bit of a different point of view, um, which is inevitable, right? Because both parents have a, they have a different relationship with their child. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the sex of the child and the sex of the parent, that also influences, you know, there's just, just different dynamics um, between, you know, a parent and a child of the same sex and there are between a parent and a child of the opposite sex. Yeah, they relate to each other and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So all these things. So inevitably, mom's going to come along and have a different point of view and express that. And I, so I think what you're saying then is that a man who's really secure with who he is doesn't see those differences as a threat. Correct. He doesn't see the ambiguity of the situation when right and wrong isn't absolutely clear. Doesn't see that ambiguity as a threat. Um, as a threat. Has a high tolerance for it and can see it as normal and work with her to include both points of view and come to a conscious decision as opposed to feeling like, oh, great, here goes my wife again. Now I have to battle her to get my way. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Mark, in today, not, it's not just today's world. Uh, it's, just, it's just more out in the open, but um, it's always existed. Even in same-sex couples, male and female, a lot of the same dynamic applies. You know, there's in, sure. in, in in most relationships, there's a yin and a yang. It doesn't have to be masculine or feminine necessarily. So I just wanted to put that out there too, that that that, that applies in, in 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 that scenario as well. That mm-hmm. regardless, even if same-sex marriages, the, the one parent will feel this is universal. In other words, it's not just gender specific. Um, and I think you made that point also. Uh, if, if if you don't know yourself. Then everything that comes in, you know, as appears on the horizon as an important decision for your children, the the partner then, whatever they say is the first response, the first reaction really, is fear because you don't know who you are, so you're too busy like whoa, I have to, it takes me a long time to sort of digest this opinion. But if you really do know who you are, and it's like, you know, one of three things, okay, you didn't you didn't hit junior, uh, you didn't bop up. You, Okay, those three things, it's not threatening me. Go for it, honey. Yeah. Yep. Go for it. 
And you know yeah. what? You know what? Now look at the takeaway for the children. Look at the takeaway. Look at that model. Yeah. Now your child is 20 or 30 years old, and they're looking for a lifetime mate, same sex or not, doesn't matter. But they're looking back and saying, you know what? I saw my parents interact not feeling threatened and not second-guessing each other. What yep. a gift to give your children. Absolutely. It's uh... – yeah, it's it's the whole thing too, you know, about if you're secure in who you are, you can tolerate ambiguity, mm. um, and you can also be with the result that you generate not being what you'd hoped, right? So, mm. uh, you know, if, if you're not secure in who you are, well, then what happens? You're, you say your wife wins the battle, right? The mother of your child or your partner um, wins the battle of this particular decision and how to handle a given situation. And the result goes awry. It's not what you'd have wanted, right? When we're stuck in fear and we're stuck in having to be right and we're stuck in our own insecurities and not being able to tolerate the ambiguities of life, all we have left available to us at that point is, I told you so, you <laughs> never want to do it my way. If you would have right. done it my way, this wouldn't have happened. Well, meanwhile, we don't even know that. We could have done it our way and still gotten the same lousy result, right? Right. <laughs> um, what, what, what's the phrase, if, Mark, the, about the prophecy? What, what do they call that? Oh, this, what, the self-fulfilling travesty? The self-fulfilling travesty, right. Is that what you were referring to? Yes, that was what, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. When we, we, we keep generating more of the crap we don't want, Right. right. Because, because we see it, and we're anticipating it, and so we actually attract it, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, we generally call that a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and, uh, you know, in the coaching model that we were taught at, at IPEC Coaching, right, they call that a, a self-fulfilling travesty because we become right. more and more of who we're not, right? So, uh, so a man who's secure in himself or even a woman who's secure in herself doesn't generate that kind of drama around some of the everyday parenting decisions that we make that really don't matter as much as we make them matter. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And sometimes it's a really important thing. It's a huge thing. Uh, and then sometimes it's just a little thing about, you know, should, should, we, allow, should we allow Tammy to go to the mall today or not? <laughs> you know? And, and mom's like, well, why not? And dad's like, well, you know what? I just I want her to do something else, you know, whatever the thing is. And that could become a huge drama where we get, start digging our heels into being right. And, well, you always see it this way. And you never consider my, you know, all this stuff happens. And that all happens when we're not securing who we are. Correct. And it doesn't really matter in the end whether, you know, Junior goes to the mall or not. The larger right. takeaway is that Junior is watching this interaction and That's their right. takeaway is, oh, this is cool to bicker, argue, be unclear about who you are. I got it. And guess what? Yep. They go out and they find a mate that will fill in that void for them very nicely. Yep. That's right. So I have one last question then before we, before we wrap, um, and, uh, and then I actually also want to let our guests know how they can reach you. Um, but first of all, for any listeners tonight that may have stuff coming up for them about their dads and recognizing some of themselves in what they hear tonight, um, what, what advice do you have for any of them as they might be struggling with some of their own uh, stuff around their relationship with their, with their kids? What do you recommend they do as a first step? 
You're asking me. I'm sorry, Mark. I, I got yeah. distracted. That's okay. What would I recommend? Yeah. yeah, what would you recommend? Somebody who's listening and they're really resonating with what we're talking about. Um, and, uh, you know, some stuff might be coming up for them around their own dads and they're beginning maybe to see uh, how that's affecting their relationship with their kids. Or maybe they're stuck in, yeah, you know what, I hear what you're saying, but this forgiveness thing, screw that. I ain't forgiven him. Right. Right? And, oh, so they might right. be still in conflict with some of that. Well, what would you say is good for them to start thinking about or doing as a first step? Well, naturally, <laughs> I would love the first step to be reach out to me. To reach out um, to you, yes, certainly. Yes, of course. Um, because r- remember, remember this. Uh, we got into ver- a lot of very specific things in tonight's conversation, and not all those things necessarily apply to you, uh, and that's okay. Remember this, that life coaching is all about meeting the client or meeting you, if you're listening, right where you're at. I trust your value system. I trust your principles. They're the right ones because they're yours. So things that you may have heard tonight, you know, it's easy to cherry pick in, in, in an hour-long conversation. Well, I didn't get that. Or, this doesn't relate to me. That's okay. The overriding message is if you're in a place where you want to improve better, make your parenting Take it over the top and make it, you know, and, and really empowered and very clear and very uh, forthright and, 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 and enriching. Reach out to me, and I'll help you find your solutions. That's the, the, the important thing I would like to say before we start to wrap this. It's Great. about you. Great. And that's, yeah, that's an important message with all coaching is, you know, uh, coach doesn't give you advice and tell you what to do. It's really about meeting you where you're at and helping you go through your own process of coming to the solutions that are right for you in your life. And the coaching that you certainly do is, is, uh, is no different. Yes. So uh, that's great. Claude, this has been really great. So um, if people do want to reach you, uh, how, how can they do that? Besides through my website, I'll have your contact info up there. But go ahead and give, give, give yourself a shout-out. Okay, cool. Um, uh, well, certainly on the web, I am the BraveheartInstitute.com, and uh, my number is, is is on the site as well. And um, it's also uh, Claude at BraveheartInstitute.com would be the email. Great, great, very good. Well, thank you, Claude. This has really been enlivening and exciting, and sometimes I wish I could make my show longer because there's so much more to, so much more to go, but unfortunately people's attention spans uh, <laughs> aren't, aren't as long, um, so that's a little hard to do. So you and I would have a great time going longer, but I'm not sure anybody would be hanging on. <laughs> um, so, But such great stuff and so much more that we could have covered uh, as well. So I really, really uh, thank you uh, tremendously for being here tonight. Thank you, Mark. And I just want to say again or, or address um, the fact that you dedicated this show to your dad was really an honor to me. Um, really was. I, uh, I felt that very profoundly when you said that. I didn't know that you were going to do that, and it just brought some some real some meaning and and some genuine emotion uh, for me. Uh, and I'm pulling for you and your father and. That was really well done, and thank you for this opportunity. 
really. Well, you're very, very welcome, Claude. Thank you. Okay. Um, and uh, also, if folks do want to reach Claude and you missed his contact information and you can't remember it, if you go to markmywordsradio.com, you will also uh, see the link to his website and his contact info. So he's always a click away. <laughs> so, uh, so great. So thank you again, Claude. Well, that about wraps it up for tonight, as I invite you to mark your words if you'd like. If you have feedback about the show, just go to markmywordsradio.com and scroll down to the feedback link. If you'd like to follow the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, just visit us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash lifecoachradionetwork, and then click on the follow button. Also, visit our website at www.lifecoachradionetworks.com and learn about all of our networks. I hope you enjoyed the past hour and that you found it engaging, enlightening, and stimulating. You can listen to Mark My Words live on the first and third Sundays of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as listen to any previous show from my archives at markmywordsradio.com and on iTunes by searching Mark My Words. I look forward to speaking with you all again next time. Thank you for listening to Mark My Words. I'm Mark, and those are my words. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.